We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane, and for the first time this season, it's game day. Let's go Lakers versus Kings in preseason action tonight. It's been way too long since we've seen Lakers basketball out on the floor, and we're going to right that wrong as the Lakers kick off preseason play. We've got a lot to talk about today. What are the key things we're going to be watching for in tonight's game? We're going to break it all down for you so you are ready for the game. Joining me is Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? I'm so pumped, man. And uh, having over the Dodgers stuff really quickly because the Dodgers uh, just broke their franchise record a few nights ago. Hopefully the Lakers season is as successful as theirs. Well, that might be wishful thinking, <laughs> thinking <laughs> but but I am still excited to see this team get out on the floor. And I'll tell you another thing that I'm, I'm excited for, Sean, is that we get to actually watch every game with Lakers Nation this season. If you remember towards the tail end of last season, which I know a lot of people at this point, they have repressed those memories, understandably. But at the end of last season, we started using playback in order to actually offer our own Lakers Nation stream of the game. We get on there, do sort of the play-by-play, and can interact directly with the other people that are watching the game. So we're going to be doing that for the entire season, including tonight's game, against the Sacramento Kings. So if you want to join us, use the link in the description over here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. I'll drop it in there. Also drop it in the show notes if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Come join us tonight. Watch the game with us. We'll all experience the same thing together. You can ask us questions. We'll chat as we go through the game. So it's a lot of fun. Come join us over on Playback. Again, use that link in the description below. So I, I can't wait to be able to actually go through every game with Lakers Nation. It's not just the post game anymore. Now we get to watch the games together, too. This is going to be a blast. Oh, man. We, we got a little bit of a teaser of his la- last season, uh, for maybe down to the last 20 or so games. So it's just a ton of fun to be able to watch those games with you all, uh, even though they were a lot of them were really painful in some ways because of how bad last year's team was. But it almost becomes a group therapy session, man. Watch those games live with you guys. So come check it out. Uh, like Trevor said, links in the description. Uh, yeah, come join us. It'll be a ton of fun all season long, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of questions to ask ourselves about the, the Lakers. So let's dive into that. And I guess the first thing, though, unfortunately, we got to start the season off 
with the injury report. Not exactly what we were hoping for here, but also not a surprise on any of these except for one. <laughs> There's one that's on here that Lakers fans I know are not happy about already, but um, out for tonight's game against the Kings. Troy Brown Jr., lower back soreness. That had limited him during training camp, so it was a pretty good bet that he was not going to play in this one. We'll talk about the ramifications of these guys being out as we get through, but Dennis Schroeder, not with the team. Now, it's been reported, and Schroeder himself has mentioned this on social media as well, that the Lakers are expecting him in the next few days, sometime around middle of the week. Maybe we even see him when they're on a two-game stretch in Las Vegas on the 5th and the 6th when they take on the Suns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Could see him then. Uh, Darvin Ham has expressed optimism that he can be kind of a plug-and-play type guy. He's in shape. He's been playing basketball. They're not worried about that. But uh, not, he's not with the team currently. He's been working on visa issues, uh, getting back into the country and, and all of that. But sounds like that's about to be resolved. And sooner rather than later, we'll see Dennis Schroeder with the Lakers. But he is out for tonight's game. Lonnie Walker still dealing with a left ankle sprain. Heard some really positive things from Darvin Ham about Lonnie Walker, though, coming out of, out of training camp, out of practice. So it doesn't sound like he's that far away either from playing. The Lakers are just being careful. Anthony Davis. of why? This is our first injury report, and Anthony Davis already pops up on it. Lower back tightness. I would imagine that is why in uh, Saturday's scrimmage, Anthony Davis did not play. Apparently, he took part in the practice portion, but when the media was let in for, uh, for the scrimmage, uh, Anthony Davis didn't play in that. Lower back tightness, but probable. Darvin Hammond mentioned that he really wants to see Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis play in this one. So, Sean, I'm not panicking over AD popping up on this, but still like that. I've already seen the reaction on social media from Lakers fans saying, Oh no, here we go again, because Anthony Davis is on the first injury report of the season. Well, good thing I didn't see that. Cause I've been kind of away from Twitter all day. So uh, I missed that part of Lakers Twitter. Yes. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned either. The fact that with the practice as well, I think is uh, positive. Um, if, if I have to pick one out of these four that I'm a little bit worried about, it's actually Dennis Schroeder, not because of the conditioning or anything. Like, I think he's just fine. But I think when he comes back, the biggest thing is going to – the two biggest things that are going to – might cause some issues. Granted, like you said, it could be the middle of this week. Um, the terminology, I think it's going to take a, a sec or it'll be a sec a second behind uh, from, the, from his teammates and with how the terminology and how they – identify certain coverages and schemes and then also you know some players might have to transition to what their original role was going to be but then shooter was out so they had to play a different role so i think that could get a little weird as well but um seems like like you mentioned trev with some of these other injuries their actual injuries um it seems nothing to be too too concerned about they should be back rather soon if they are going to miss games yeah, it's, it's not ideal seeing guys on the injury report already. But again, I would imagine we're going to see these guys in action sooner rather than later. Uh, and again, Troy Brown Jr., he's been at least doing individual drills. So he's not, you know, he's not close to playing, but he's also not super far away either. And then uh, with Lonnie Walker dry, drawing these wit rave reviews from Darvin Ham already in practice, that tells you that, look, like if this was, my guess would be if this was a regular season game, Lonnie Walker would be in uniform and, and ready to go. So again, I'm not going to panic too much over any of that. All right, let's get into some of the big topics here about tonight's game. Um, I did break down over on my Substack, trevorlane.substack.com, some big picture questions, a cheap plug there, some big picture questions around the NBA. The Lakers were included in that if you guys want to go check that out. 
But Lakers highly recommend. Thank you very much, Sean. I definitely appreciate that. Um, let's start with this. You know, as much as we want to break down the positions, as much as we want to break down what's Russell Westbrook's role going to be, how is this all going to fit? What's Darvin Darvin Ham's offensive scheme is going to look like? Like that, all those are all important things. But the thing that I'm going to be watching for is what is the energy of this team? What is the vibe of this team? And I think a lot of that is reactionary from last year's team, which did not have the energy and effort on a night in, night out basis. They didn't have that dog in them. They like they were the team that if you, if they got punched, they they would fold. They would go away. They wouldn't punch back. I want to see what the energy is around this team. Is this team going to be scrappy? Are they going to punch back? That's what I want to know. That's hilarious, Trevor. What you just said there. I love that you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> no, and like I'm I'm thinking back right now and like talk about like taking a punch and be able to get back up. I can count probably on one hand how many times last season where a team came out and punched the Lakers in the mouth and the Lakers came back and responded. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times you saw the Lakers throw out the first punch, the team punched back and the Lakers couldn't get back up. But um, like the only game that comes to mind where they took that first punch and was able to still win the game was the Jazz game, the one that AD got hurt in. Um, yeah. Besides that, yeah, so um, – I don't know. I'm going to be optimistic and, and say that we're going to see a lot more energy and effort and hustle defensively. Um, but yeah, I don't even blame you for throwing this question. <laughs> well, it's like Patrick Beverly comes in. He's going to have that kind of energy around the team, that toughness. Darvin Ham, I think, is going to bring some of that. But I want to see what that looks like from this team. I want to see what kind of tenacity they play with. Last year's team, we saw too many times they would get out, they would throw the first punch. And then be like surprised when the other team punched back. Or if they got hit with the first punch, it felt like they just immediately went, Whoa, oh, you oh, you guys want to win this game? Oh, okay, here, go go ahead. You you no, we'll take the next one. You guys take this one. This W is for you. Go ahead. It has this your team. Name on it. Oh, it was it was tough to watch. So I want to see what the energy is like around this squad. What kind of tenacity do they play with? But Another thing that we want to check out on, on this, Kendrick Nunn has been getting a lot of praise in training camp. Austin Reeves mentioned the other day that he basically didn't miss a shot the entire the entire uh, practice. Kendrick Nunn feels like he's got the, he's in the lead right now for the starting two-guard job right now with the Lakers. And the Lakers have made a concerted effort from what we've heard to just make him a two-guard, just make him a scorer and tell him not to worry about running the offense as he's kind of getting back into the swing of things. They just want him to focus on that one thing. So Kendrick Nunn, finally healthy. What kind of an impact can he make? That's another thing I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on. What does Kendrick Nunn look like? He said he feels even better than he did last year. Now the offseason is the time for optimism, but I want to see what version of Kendrick Nunn the Lakers get coming into preseason. I rolled my eyes because that's what every player says. Like, <laughs> they do. Best shape of my life. I'm 48 years old. Best shape of my life. Like, bro, what? <laughs> like, what's, what's going on here? Uh, but no, Kendrick Nunn. I guess I'm most curious to see how the Russ-Kendrick Nunn fit works if that is the starting five tomorrow night because there's been a lot of speculation and stuff or that was the, uh, the five-man group. They ran yeah. out uh, in, in a practice scrimmage the other day um, that Coach Ham talked about. So... Um, that's kind of what I'm most curious about. And uh, he did some really nice things defensively back when he was Miami and want to see how he adjusts to this new scheme. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I, I really do want to see Kendrick Nunn healthy and I want him to uh, 
have it's, it's a it's a this is a jay-z song trevor i'm not sure you're gonna get this reference but it's uh -oh. a psa public service announcement the the opening lines of the song jay-z says allow me to reintroduce myself i want kendrick Nunn to do that starting tomorrow night that'll be awesome so i'm gonna go a little further old school and i'm gonna say don't call it a comeback um mm. kendrick kendrick nunn is is potentially a spark plug for the Lakers. People were shocked. We we forget because he didn't play last season. People were shocked when the Lakers got him at the price tag they did for that taxpayer mid-level two summers ago. He can be a difference maker. I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, he can stay healthy. Remember, it was preseason last year when he got hurt with that bone bruise and that kept him out all season. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of Kendrick Nunn's role here with the, the Lakers, Russell Westbrook. Look, I mean, this has been, we have said the name Russell Westbrook more than any other name all summer. He's been involved in trade discussions from day one. The Lakers have had chances, had opportunities to move him. They've had opportunities where they got really close to making a deal from everything that we understand. Didn't happen. So now, Darvin Ham, who has been over the moon, super excited, super happy about, about Russell Westbrook being on the team, and he's talked all about how he's got ways that he thinks he can make Russ work with the roster and, and all of that. I want to see what this looks like. And again, I've been saying for weeks now, for months, really, that I was going to be skeptical that it could work until we see it on the floor. So I want to see on the floor what version of Russell Westbrook do the Lakers get and how much does his role change in Darvin Ham's offense? I think the role is going to change a lot. Um, like 10, I don't even want to say 10 times, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a complete tonal change from last season, in my opinion. And then... Um, I just hope that we don't – the preseason does matter to a certain extent in terms of, hey, how are they playing? Is the energy high? <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, how, how they look. How is the offense flowing? What are the basic concepts that they're going to be running and stuff like that? I, I wouldn't get too overreactionary if a player is, like, not playing well, not shooting well in preseason – with that said, uh, I am very interested to see how Russ plays. Is it going to be more of the $47 million Bruce Brown? Is it going to be more of what we saw in the last 10 games in terms of his role, where he's an off-ball uh, playmaker and secondary scorer, where he gets to attack closeouts a lot more, which I've kind of been predicting over the past few weeks. Um, so I'm excited. I I'm really, really excited to see Russ and Kendrick on the floor. You know, a little less excited to see them together, but I am excited to see them on the floor. Yeah, I mean, Russ's role is probably going to be quite a bit different than what we saw last season. And I'm curious to see how that all plays out on the floor. But you mentioned not reacting too much to any one particular game in preseason. I think that's important. And it's something that we need to note because if, for, if you are a fan that is new to the NBA, I think it's important that we explain, take a moment, explain maybe what you're going to see in preseason. Now, for the Lakers, with the new head coach and, and all that, they, there may be a little bit more of the foot down on the gas pedal effect here where they are pushing a little bit more to try to get some things going and try to really figure some things out. But in general, there's levels to this. In general, preseason is played in terms of energy, hustle, all that kind of stuff. By the guys who have full guaranteed contracts, preseason tends to be played at a level below the regular season. Just like the regular season is a level, maybe two levels below the playoffs. So preseason, what you'll see from star players is you'll see very limited minutes. You'll see them almost act like in kind of a coach role, 
Sean, you know this, you're a coach. I've, I've coached a number of teams, but when you're trying to get your team to run a certain set, and so you're the coach and you step out on the floor and you're, and you're helping direct traffic and you're just kind of passing the ball to the right guy at the right moment and that type of thing, but you're not, you're not going out there trying to score points yourself or anything. That is kind of what you see out of stars in preseason play. So don't expect to see LeBron go for 40 or something like that. These guys know they don't have to go at that level. They're instead going to try to find some of their teammates and get them looks within the offense and use this as, as practice as well. So just keep that in mind when, when we're watching this. If you look at it and say, this is proof that this player is good or this player is bad, wait until the regular season before we draw anything too conclusive there. All right, really, really quickly, because there's two things I want to respond to that with. Uh, with the wait till the regular season, I don't agree with everything this guy said, but Daryl Morey had a philosophy in Houston where like 10 game increments, right? Mm-hmm. I'd say you can't judge. This is the one thing I kind of will agree on to a certain extent. Don't judge a player until after the first 10 games. Then you can start building, oh, yeah, that's enough of a sample size. Start putting together a working theory that you adjust over time. Like after that 10 games, that's not what that player is forever, right? Um We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then the second thing, like, yeah, the players, the star players, LeBron, AD, Ross, they're not going to play a ton, man. Like, for example, you look at the Boston game earlier yesterday. Uh, like Jason Tan played 22 minutes. I wish I had a better example than that. But or like, for example, you look at the Raptors game as a much better example. Um, like the starting five, the, the typical Raptors starting five, nobody touched 20 minutes. Right. So um, that's what you're going to expect. I expect LeBron, AD and Russ to play like 15 to 18 minutes. But you'll see a lot of Christie. You'll see a lot of Swider, Jay yep. Huff, uh, Wayne Bacon, Wayne uh, Bacon. Uh, Matt Ryan, you're gonna, the guys that are kind of like bubble players, they're going to bring them into. They're going to get typically the first preseason game of the year. That's when those guys get most of the run out of the out of the preseason game. It's game one where like LeBron, AD, Russ, they'll if they play, it's not going to be a lot. Yeah, in preseason, especially if you're a starter, you're probably playing at fifty percent capacity. Yeah. Regular season, I'd say you're playing at 80 to 85, and then you try to dial that up as close to 100 as possible for the playoffs. Right. Yep. So just, just keep that in mind when you're, when you're watching. The, like, of course, we're still going to be monitoring the energy, but I want to get more of a sense for Russell Westbrook specifically. What does Darwin's scheme look like for Russell Westbrook? Not so much, is does Russ go up 
go out and make a bunch of really great plays. I more want to see what is this idea that Darvin Ham has for Russ? What's the concept? And get a sense of that. That's that's what I'm looking for with Russ. Um, similarly, Anthony Davis, what is his role on this team? That's something that I want to see because we've talked about him maybe occupying the Giannis role in the offense. He's talked about some struggles defensively, getting used to what it is that Darvin wants him to do. Sounds like Darvin Ham wants to run a bit more drop coverage or center field, as he calls it. That's going to be a, a bit of an adjustment for Anthony Davis. But that's something that I want to see. What is AD's role look like? And of course, can he stay healthy? He's already popping up on the injury report. Just stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Anthony Davis, get through this game unscathed. Totally. And you don't want a preseason injury to happen pretty much in any sport. Um, I, and we, we were talking about the drop. One of the things that really, really, really frustrated me last season is that they ran drop coverage. But I'm sitting here now because they definitely did it last year. I'm sitting here now. I'm like, wait a minute, Sean. They're, it's the, they're running it a different version. It's a totally different version of drop coverage. Um, and I am, like you said, Trevor, I am really, really excited to see that uh, unfold on the court. Uh, tomorrow night or tonight rather um so i'm excited and offensively i've said the Giannis role i've gotten some criticism for it because oh Giannis averages 30 12 and 5 no the Giannis role in the office type of shots he's going to be taking right. the type of looks they want him to get um i'm Where really he's really going to be getting the ball on the floor right yeah um i'm really really excited and there's just anthony davis it's like trevor well, what is like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, what's the coolest thing a, a kid could have right now in terms of a toy? Like, what's the coolest thing? Uh, in terms of a toy, I mean, I don't, I can only speak for my own child and she's going crazy over Marvel Lego stuff right now, which I couldn't be more proud. But yes, High that's, that's what she's, that's what she's big into right now. And she really wants the full size of uh, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, like the Lego version of it. She's, uh, she's big into that. Okay, well, high five, because that's freaking awesome. Let's go, Marvel. <laughs> um, no, but I bring that up because it's like Anthony Davis on both ends of the floor is like that that shiny, massive millionaire Lego toy. That's literally way maybe not the Lego itself. But like he's just because yeah, shiny... Legos fall apart. <laughs> Legos <laughs> that's fall not, apart. This, is, this is a bad analogy. <laughs> the point being, he's like the shiny, incredibly cool toy that you want to play with. And Anthony Davis is just so funny. You can use him on any end, uh, any way you want, really, on either end of the floor. But gosh, I should have found another analogy other than a Lego. Well, you know what, though? In the in the latest movie, in Love and Thunder, Mjolnir had indeed been broken apart, but comes back together and becomes a formidable weapon once again. So hopefully that will indeed be Anthony Davis. I'm going to start calling him Mjolnir now. I think that, that needs to be his nickname. Anthony Mjolnir Davis. Was last year uh, hella breaking him? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, another another thing that I want to see, Austin Reeves. So Austin Reeves point guard. And the reason why I've got this question is because Dennis Schroeder is, is out. He won't be there. Kendrick Nunn, we know the Lakers don't want to give him that point guard role right now. They want him to just focus on scoring get a feel for the game again. They don't want to burden him with also having to run the offense. Fine, and I understand that approach. And I think it's a wise one. Patrick Beverly, the Lakers reportedly don't even really see him as that much of a guard, maybe a two guard, but then we've heard that he's a three and D wing for them. Okay, well, that would suggest he's probably not going to be 
handling the ball that much where he's setting up the offense. And you know, you know he'll get the ball a bit on the offensive end, but in terms of being the point guard, probably not going to be Patrick Beverly that often. So Austin Reeves has really, really great court vision, and we already saw highlights of him operating out of the pick and roll uh, in the Lakers scrimmage the other day. So I want to see what this looks like because with Lonnie Walker out, with Troy Brown out, with Kendrick Nunn being off-ball apparently, with Patrick Beverly being off-ball apparently, with Dennis Schroeder being out, I think Austin Reeves is going to have perhaps his best opportunity to showcase his playmaking abilities, which even if he isn't given a point guard, quote-unquote, role for the regular season, I think his ability to act as even a secondary playmaker can be really, really crucial for this Lakers offense. So I really want to see what Austin Reeves does with an extended opportunity to run the show. Yeah, I agree. And um, out of those guys you mentioned, I think out of Russ, uh, Pat Bev, Dan Shooter, Kendrick Dunn, Austin Reeves, I think Austin Reeves is the most versatile out of those five where he can be that secondary playmaker, facilitator out of the pick and roll, but he can also be, you know, an off-ball, spot-up catch-and-shoot or a spot-up catching, you know, shot faking into the lane off the wall, closeouts. But also be a, a legit, like a three, be guard threes and guard wings, be a, a wing, a quote-unquote wing stopper even. I think he does that role a little bit better than some of the other guys. Maybe not Pat Bev. But um, no, I, I think the fact that he's so versatile really allows him to be like a chess piece. And now Darvin Ham gets to, hey, one game, Knock on wood, Kendrick Nunn misses a game. Okay, Austin Reeves, we need you to do this a little bit more. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's outbreak game, knock on wood. Austin Reeves, here you go. You know we're going to let you be a little bit more of a off-ball secondary playmaker. So uh, I think I think this is uh, we're going to see games, and this one might be one of them where Austin Reeves does play the secondary playmaker and a facilitator out pick and rolls, and uh, I think that might be one of them. I'm curious to see if he's the primary when when Russ is off the floor. Given who's available for the Lakers or who we project to be available, he could wind up being the primary initiator for the offense, and he has shown some ability to do it. But um, but that's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. What can he do there, and, and what does that role look like? Uh, another thing, the, the battle at center, Damian Jones against Thomas Bryant. It's feeling more and more likely that the Lakers will not start Anthony Davis at center. It'll be one of... Damian Jones or Thomas Bryant. And what we've heard so far is that the Lakers have primarily been turning to a starting five. That includes, of course, Westbrook, LeBron, Anthony Davis, joined by Kendrick Nunn and Tom and uh, Damian Jones. So it seems like Jones is probably in the lead right now. But how this battle plays out is going to be something worth watching. I'll tell you the other thing is what popped up in practice the other day, Damian Jones took a three and Darvin Ham expressed a lot of comfort. In Damian Jones shooting threes, he shot 35% for the, from three for the Kings last season. Uh, tiny sample size, just 29 attempts from three. But if Damian Jones, if that's a real thing, Sean, how how big of a deal is that in Darvin Ham's offense to have potentially two centers? Because we know Thomas Bryan can do it, who can shoot the three. Oh, that'd be massive. And I don't want to use this comparison because I feel like we compare everything to the Bucs at this point. But... You have your cheap Brooke Lopez, Thomas, uh, Brooke Lopez, Bob Porras. Like in terms of bigs, they could shoot, they could shoot from three and stress the floor a little bit more. Um, I also think that Damian Jones is, can actually legitimately shoot, and that's a problem, or like that's something on the scouting report. He can shoot. Uh, T 
teaser there for the opening night game against the Warriors. Um, if that is something that teams have to worry about, then I don't think it's that hard. I think it's actually very, fairly easy who the, who wins this battle in terms of fit, who's the better player. If Damian Jones could shoot a, make a three, then Damian Jones is a better player. That's um, the that's the big advantage that Thomas Bryant has over Damian Jones right. is the three-point shooting. If Damian Jones can suddenly shoot the three as well, that that probably gives him a really good chance of being the starting center. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I will say this, I think like as they are currently right now, I think it's going to be more matchup dependent, or at least I think it should, where like you're facing, I don't even know if this team would be but off the top of my head, but you're facing a team where you need more of a rim running big, like for example, facing a team that's not going to transition. You're just like, okay, Damian Jones, just run rim the rim the entire game. We're going to get you 15 points off of lob dunks and just running the rim. You want to yeah. drop coverage big? That's Damian Jones. We need a game where there, maybe the defensive scheme, you know, caused you to pack the paint way too much and you want to stretch big Thomas Bryant. So um, I think it should be a matchup dependent because I think I have two really good centers that are good in comparison of the roster and, you know, what you need from them. I think you have two quality bigs right here who can both start. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of them have that quality to them, but we'll have to see who ultimately wins the battle. If Damian Jones can shoot that three again, that gives him a major leg up. It's like Happy Gilmore learning how to putt because Damian Jones is already pretty good in a lot of other ways. He can he can finish lobs. He's incredibly highly efficient uh, around the basket, scoring the ball. We know he can protect the rim a bit. Not necessarily the best rebounder, but if he can shoot the three as well at that end, I think he would uh, that would go a long way towards winning him that job. You know, one of the things, and I didn't even put this on my list here, but one of the things that I want to see as well is the defense, Darvin Ham, I think, has a really strong understanding of where this team is. Let's face it, they're not going to be a great three-point shooting team. And that's going to make it all the more important that they're able to get stops and force turnovers. And so when I look at some of the defensive battles, and again, I think this will be in limited minutes, but I want to see whoever is tasked with defending De'Aaron Fox, what does that look like? Imagine it's mm -hmm. probably going to be Russ, either Russ or Kendrick Nunn, if that's the starting five. Um, what does that look like defensively? How are they handling that? Domitas Sabonis, what does the big rotation do there? Are they able to keep him from, from doing too much, particularly if uh, Sabonis is, and this sounds like what it's going to be, he's going to be the five. So what does Damian Jones do against the versatility that Sabonis can offer? There's going to be a lot to keep an eye on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's what the Lakers are trying to hang their hat on. So I want to see what those schemes look like and how some of those matchups play out. Yeah, and as much of an offensive guy I am, I like like you said, Trevor, I can't wait to see what kind of ball screen coverages to play. Is it only center field? See, he has me calling it now. But uh, or are we going to get a little bit more creative? Because you have Damian Jones and Anthony Davis who, you know, you can maybe show. You can blitz a little bit more. You can do so many more things um, defensively now. I am really, really excited to see what some of the basic – because they're not going to show their hand completely, but just some of the basic stuff we'll be doing this season. I, mean, I can't wait, bro. Uh, last thing, it's the result. Now, we've look, it's preseason. We caution, of course, that pre nobody's won a championship in preseason. That's not the way it works. But we spent all last year of preseason saying, it's just preseason, it's just preseason, it's just preseason, holding out hope that the issues that were popping up then would ultimately go away once the regular season started up. And instead, we found issues that wound up being you know, compounded and wound up getting 
even worse as the season went on last year. So the if the Lakers lose, it's not the end of the world, but it sure would be nice to see them come out and get a win out of the gates in preseason and at least approach preseason with a little bit more urgency. It felt like they really slept walk through preseason and that bled into the regular season and maybe should have been forewarning of what we were about to experience. But I'd like to see this team come out here and get a win and kind of ease the fan base a little bit because there are still some pretty heavy scars from last season. Yeah, in in terms of the result, Trevor, like like you kind of just alluded to, I don't care what the result is. What I care about is, you know, what kind of energy are we going to have tomorrow night? Uh, what are some of the basic schemes and concepts going to be running tomorrow night? That's why our, our is Kendrick Nunn healthy? Is how's Russ looking? The off our both ends of the floor on sleeves. AD healthy? That's what I care about. I could care less if the Lakers win by the well. Okay, I would love to see them win, but I could care less if the Lakers lost by seven tomorrow night, right? Um, it's more about hey, do we have good energy? What are we running on both ends of the floor is and how's the health of everybody? Make sure everybody gets out of that game safely and healthy so we can uh get through preseason and uh October 18th. Can't get get here soon enough. You're right, but I still want to see a win. Oh, <laughs> I just I just yeah. you're you're absolutely right. It doesn't really matter in preseason. We should be more focused on the energy, on the defense, all that, all that sort of stuff. The schemes, of course, because look. Most likely, the second half is going to be played by guys that aren't going to play a lot of minutes in the regular season. So right. we shouldn't buy in too much to any result. I just think there's a lot of people that are going to be holding their breath kind of for this Lakers season. They're not sure what they're going to see. And I'd like to walk away with a positive feeling. I think you only do that with a W. So we'll we'll see what, what ultimately happens here. But I would like to see them get uh, a win. Well, of course focusing most of our attention on all the other stuff that we've discussed here. Uh, Sean, anything else before we get out of here that you're you're looking forward to for tonight's game? No, I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in our playback stream tonight, guys. Come check it out. Again, the link's in the description, and uh, it's going to be so much fun to, to watch the whole game with you guys and all 82 regular season games and all six preseason games and uh, hopefully some playoff basketball as well. That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun, so come join us during the game. Again, use that link in the description below. I think that'll do it. We're going to kick off preseason. Finally, it's here. Lakers basketball back on the floor. Can't wait. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.